everybody. Welcome to something a little bit different for this channel. Uh, if you stumble on this through like a Google or YouTube search, this is not a movie channel. It's a board game and tabletop miniature and whatever game channel. Um, but I get asked, uh, you know, relatively frequently about like, hey, what kind of music or TV or movies or whatever pop culture stuff uh, do you enjoy? And so I've talked in the past about the on the channel here about some of my sort of and I'll call them hangups, it's like my own personal thing. Like I don't really, like I cannot stand movie, or excuse me, music critics, music reviews, uh, because music is something that's very much like in my soul. So I, this is a board game channel, but if you were like, if you had to choose between music going away or something and board games going away or something, I would kiss board games goodbye in a heartbeat. <laughs> because music is something that is just like interwoven into me and I love all kinds of music. I love every, I don't care what it is. Like if it's music, I like it already. I will listen to like Gershwin and, um, you know, Alexander Scriabin and Beethoven and Lady Gaga and Public Enemy and, uh, you know, Katy Perry and Taylor Swift and Pearl Jam and Nirvana and Metallica and Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin and, you know, uh, talking heads, whatever, I can just keep going on and on. And I love all of that pretty much. Um, because the music is just something that is just kind of like there. It, like, it's just part of life. It's not really, to me, it's not even a separate thing. I hate to like call it like a, you know, call it a product or a commodity, even though some music obviously is more product than not. Anyway, so I, you're not really gonna get, get me to talk about music because I could just sit there and ramble and just like, let's just spin records <laughs> instead of talking about them. I don't really want to critique it, you know, like, I don't care. It's just music. And it's there. And TV's weird. TV's hard to pin down. And we're at the end of a decade here. We just finished a decade. And I was like, movies are something different. So movies to me, the thing that I really, it's, it's there's something, it's not any more special than music or anything. Like I, music, like I just talked about is like the thing, uh, you know, for me in terms of like, if I could have a, a pop culture thing, like to me, it's beyond. If you can tell I'm having a hard time talking about words because Music is such like, a, a th it's like a blood, you know, it's just in it. Um, movies are weird. Like when you go to a movie, you sit in the dark, you know, you sit in the theater usually, although that's changing and the lights go down and the people you are with even disappear. And I've, I've gone to movies a little bit by myself, you know, not a lot I usually go with somebody, <laughs> you know, through my whole life, I've always gone with somebody. I've gone by myself too, a couple of times. And it's an interesting kind of experience. It's very different. Like there's a certain, like I get the chills just thinking about it. And, uh, and so the movies I'm gonna talk about here are the best of the decade. And the best of basically each year from 2010 to 2019. Now, I'm somebody that loves going to the movies, enjoys going to the movies. I go to the movies quite a bit. I'm not like a buff or somebody that has to see every Oscar nominated movie, even though I try to pick out and choose a few that I like. I like all the Marvel movies and Star Wars stuff. That's fine. Like I'm not, picky or snooty or anything about my movies, but I do like, you know, the well-crafted, well-made stuff, you know, stuff that would get nominated for Oscars or even like, you know, passed over at the Oscars because it's, it's, you know, <laughs> it's, it's whatever. So this, but the movies I'm going to talk about here that are my favorite are not really the ones that I think are the best. They're going to be the ones that like lodge itself in my memory. And if I get a chance to see them on TV or whatever, like it will zap me back into a certain spot. So these, it's not really like a nostalgia thing. It's more of like, it just inserted itself, you know, 
in my brain and like transfix that the celluloid stuff that comes off of the screen, you know, just like there's something about how big a movie is, you know, how much it like encompasses just your whole experience in terms of the sound and the visuals and everything. So this is not going to be like, this is the best movie of the year. This is going to be the one that just zapped me at that year. So let's get rid of the preamble. We'll start with 2010 and my favorite movie from 2010 was Toy Story 3. Um, you know, Social Network, Inception, enjoyed those movies. You know, those don't really stick around. I'll, I'll whatever, I'll keep them on TV if they come on. I haven't seen The Town yet. I, the Town is like a kind of movie that I think I would like. I heard a lot of really good stuff about it from people that, you know, kind of on the same vibe with me. So maybe I'll watch The Town one day and, uh, and that will be my favorite movie. But Toy Story 3, the reason for Toy Story 3, and this is gonna be a spoiler-filled video, so even for the one from 2019, uh, Toy Story 3, when they're in the uh, the factory, whatever, at the end, and they're like going towards the fire, and they're like going into like, I'm like, these toys are going into hell? Like what, what's happening? <laughs> like what movie? And I went with my, my kids back then, and uh, they're all grown now, sort of. And uh, I remember watching that, and I was like, I got like really affected <laughs> by not only the end of the movie where he has to like give his toys away, but because each Toy Story movie does that, where he's like, oh, he's growing up, he's gonna give them toys away. Like, okay, <laughs> every single one of them does that. I haven't seen Toy Story 4 though. But when they're like going in the fire, and I'm like, oh my God, like this, there was, it's like so much like commenting on things. Like, I feel like, you know, it's commenting on consumerism and then like childhood leaving and like you're going, you're like burning into hell to go to adulthood. Like, I was just like, you know, I started welling up. I look over my kids and like nothing. I'm like, what? Like, what kind of cold-hearted children? They're just like watching a movie like, oh, the toys are gonna burn, you know? And I'm like, oh my God, like, you know, like innocence is being burnt, you know? But, so that's Toy Story 3. <laughs> and that's all I gotta really say about that. Uh, that's 2010. 2011 now is Rise of the Planet of the Apes. And don't run away, because some of the others are better movies than this one. But the Planet of the Apes series has been something that I've watched with my son. Uh, I think at this time he was probably 10 when we went and see that, and we've seen all three of the new ones. And uh, so it's been a little bit of a special thing there. But I really do like, uh, especially this one, I think this is the best one out of the three, because uh, the relationship of, um, oh hell, what's the ape's name? I forget the ape's name. Uh, I forget the ape's name. This sucks, but oh well. So his master, James Franco, and uh, and the um, and the ape, and how the end, like the ape, you know, learns to talk, and that whole like that whole relationship was really cool. Um, I thought that was an interesting way to kind of start off the series because it's really not much of a Planet of the Apes movie until like you know midway through the second movie this is like you know the beginning of the seed of it but also it just it really hits you over the head with like the whole like treatment of animal kind of thing um but um i don't know there's something real special about the, that relationship on the screen and it, it's kind of like sitting on the back of you know the other ones coming out and stuff and like the end where he sort of speaks to um uh, he speaks verbally because he's using sign language the whole movie and then he speaks out loud. I mean, that's just kind of interesting, like, whoa, you know, it's cheesy, I know, but it's also like, it's just really something else. He's like something, his name is like, Jerry is home, all right. God, what, I can't remember the name of the damn ape. <laughs> For some reason, I'm having a brain fart, but 
That's right. So that movie is really special. And that was kind of a weak year for me because I was looking through all the movies that came out. I was like, yeah, there's not really a lot here, but I really like Rise of the Planet of the Apes. And now 2012, on the other hand, was a much better year. You had the new, the last Dark Knight movie. That was really cool. I know people don't really like that one, but I liked it. It's fine. It's a comic book movie. He flew off and a nuke blew up. It's cool. End of Watch um, was cool. Although this is about the time I get kind of sick of Cartel as Boogeyman in a movie. But I really did like End of Watch. The Dread, the Judge Dread movie is awesome. That's how a Judge Dread movie should be. I love The Master. The Master is such a crazy movie with um, uh, Joaquin Phoenix. And then uh, the other fella who passed away recently. Um, and so th those are a couple of good movies. But the one that really sticks out for me is uh, Zero Dark Thirty, which is about the killing of Osama bin Laden. Um, and I know there's some stretches in terms of in melding of characters together to sort of, you know, tell the story. It's not like 100% accurate and stuff. Uh, but for somebody that was, how old was I in 2001? Um, I was in my 20s, you know. So... I was like very fully baked and aware adult when that happened. And uh, obviously it has a psychological effect on everybody. Um, and that's the first kind of thing that had happened in this country while I've been alive. That was such like a, I don't know, there's a whole, you can't just like talk about it for a second, you know, when 9-11 happened, like that's a, it's just a thing. It's, just, it, it's, a, it's a traumatic, you know, psychic event that really, psychological event, I should say, that, you know, occurred and, um, you know, sort of the payback for that in some ways, you know, is in this movie. And, but the thing is, it's not just that part. It's, it's the, the main character's journey as she tries to hunt for and find uh, Osama bin Laden and sort of what she ends up being left with at the end in terms of like how she almost has nothing at the end through that hunt because at the end she you know they find him they kill him right we know what happens he gets back she gets in the plane and then they're like you can go wherever you want i don't think that actually happened but she, they, they put her in the big plane she's got the whole plane to herself and the pilot's like i will take you wherever you want to go and i was like whoa like i've watched the movie a few times and it's just like her obsession and her desire and her sort of desire to like kind of fix her career and it's kind of like saving her career in a sense or getting her her own self-worth back up as she tries to it, it, that's all like done through uh the hunt for bin laden and so some of that is more movie making stuff you know the character arc and all that stuff but a lot of ways i feel like that was a journey for me as well as the audience member um who really wanted this dude dead you know i'm sorry you shouldn't say that about anybody but like yeah i really like for that person to be you know have revenge um and that's not a good feeling to have i don't want to have that feeling about anybody and but you know whatever and uh but then at the end of that like she she had nothing she could do whatever she wanted she could the world was still like the same even though he was gone you know what i mean so like this is a very powerful sort of step through uh the story and stuff like that um so that the, the 2012 zero dark 30 um now 2013 really two movies in 2013 for me really resonated uh, uh the one that isn't my pick is american hustle which is sort of based on a true story and it, there's something just i mean it's obviously like the christian bale show uh with his acting on that show but he just does like a he, He's just like, there's this charmingness to his character, but he's also like not really a great person. 
and nobody really is a great person in this whole movie and it it's just a really cool movie that talks a lot about a lot of things um uh you know so <laughs> yeah i don't really want to spoil it it's kind of a mafia movie in some ways you know it's got some gangster stuff going on it, i really recommend if you haven't seen american hustle to go see it my favorite movie from this one is dallas buyers club uh this is about with matthew mcconaughey and then the other fella that plays the joker in suicide squad Ooh, i don't remember his name see i'm not like a movie buff but like i know stuff a little but so dallas buyers club is a true story as well and it's about uh, a fella that gets uh, HIV and then you know morphs into AIDS back in the 80s, and he's trying to get some of the, the medication for it. And you know the FDA gets in the way, and he starts smuggling it through Mexico and stuff like that. And then he starts to sell it and give it to you know other other patients and stuff that are sick. And um, uh, so yeah, so that's the true story of that. And then you know um, it's just. It's just about that time, you know, and I grew up in America in the 80s and, uh, you know, like the whole, uh, you know, the whole thing about HIV and AIDS was such a huge, huge thing, especially as a child, it kind of affects you in a different way. And, uh, you know, I know, I've known people with, with the disease as well, personally, like very close to me. And uh, so that's kind of why that's in there. But it's also to me like a very important thing because I've seen in real life some of the struggles that people have had to go through with that the whole acceptance of everything and all that stuff and to me this the movie is like man i mean there's points of where i'm like living it where i'm like oh my gosh i'm like i'm like that's me or that's that's my friend or or, or you know whoever and um and so it's just very powerful very well done and if you don't know anybody that's ever had the the disease or anything like that or, or had to live with the acceptance of their sexuality and that kind of stuff um you got to watch it because to me all of that kind of resonated with with stuff that's you know it felt real like it, there was no there was no bullshit in there um that feels like that so that's 2013 the dallas buyers club very 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 important movie i think that should be watched it should be you know you should, you should play it in schools um now, to, oh, 2014, that's funny. I didn't realize this. Uh, 2014, I just wanted to make a note, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes was, was a good movie this year, just to kind of hark back to the other one. It's not my pick. It's kind of a weak year a little bit. Uh, it's another Matthew McConaughey movie, actually, called Interstellar, which was, it's a pretty good movie. I've watched it a few times since it, you know it's come out. Um, it's like, it's not as good, you know, upon repeat viewing kind of thing. But I really do enjoy enjoy a lot of the, the movie. Uh, the music uh, part part of the movie really is the music is like so good, and it's kind of like a modern day two thousand one space odyssey because it does some. The end I don't want to spoil really, but you know it does some trippy stuff at the end when they kind of go through a black hole, um, and there's some real interesting sort of psychological stuff that's sort of baked into the movie about you know, our position in the universe and stuff. And like, you know, where are we with technology and climate change and that kind of stuff. So there's a kind of like subtext to a lot of it, um, but it's really good. And there's some really good dramatic moments in terms of the character interactions and all that kind of stuff. And uh, you know, it, it is probably a little bit weaker of the ones on this list, but I do, I do, I do enjoy it. And it, it's one that I often find myself pulling up YouTube and watching certain moments of the movie um, 
because they're really powerful. And I remember seeing, this is one like you really want to see in the theater if you can, if you've not seen it in the theater, it's just a real big, it's just perfect for a movie theater. You know, this is, yeah, you can watch it if you got like a big screen TV or something, sure. But this is like, you gotta see this one in the movie theater. This is a big, you know, bombastic experience. And that's Interstellar, I, I recommend that. Um, now, 2015, uh, I wanna make a quick mention of Sicario. I know Cartello's Boogeyman is something I sort of am sick of. <laughs> uh, Sicario's really cool though. I really like that movie. Um, that's one that I'll watch start to finish if it's on TV or something. Um, the second one sucks, <laughs> but the first one's really good. Now, one of my favorite movies of all time, without a doubt, maybe my favorite movie of all time came out in 2015, that's Mad Max Fury Road. Um, and this is why I don't like talk about movies normally because like I can't talk about this one. <laughs> um, it's amazing, there's so much about it that I love. Um, I've watched it so many times. I've seen it in the theater multiple times. I went and saw it originally, I saw it in 3D. I saw the black and chrome edition, and I think I saw it again. So I think I saw it four times in the theater. And then I've seen it, you know, watched it a bunch at home. Um, it's just like one big car chase, the whole thing. But every time I watch it, it's like one of those where it's like, oh, look at that. That's an interesting, you know, look at Charlize Theron's character here, and or look at Matt, you know, Max, the character there, or the different other characters that are in the movie and you know sometimes I think the movie is not a Mad Max movie it's um, it's a Furiosa movie it's mostly about Charlize Theron's journey or it could be about Nux who is kind of the uh, the, the war boy that works for whatever the evil character's name is uh, and Morton Joe uh, it, Nux is sort of like he kind of flips sides right you know he starts off as an, an ass and then kind of helps them at the end again I said spoilers um, and it could be about him, you know? So it could be it could be just about Mad Max, and Mad Max is just kind of there and just like, he's kind of like who you're watching the movie through. You're seeing all these other characters. And in the way that the end, the end is just friggin', I love the end. Like, you know, this is the game, this is the movie where like I would geek out about it and I wanna tell you all the subtext and everything that I see here and how it applies to modern society and all this other garbage. <laughs> but like, I friggin' love it. Like to me, the end is like religious. Uh, it's just a religious experience when they they raise up this the thing and Furiosa you know goes up with the kids and everybody else and the other women and all that stuff. It just like it fires me up. <laughs> Gets I get fired up every time I watch that movie. I want to go do something with my life <laughs> when I watch Mad Max. Uh, number two thousand sixteen. Uh, I want to give a little nod to Rogue One, the Star Wars movie. Uh, I think this is my favorite Star Wars movie. I really like Star Wars. I don't really like how Star Wars is a pop culture thing and people talk about it in my Facebook feed and YouTube feed are screwed up all the time when a Star Wars movie comes out and I have to see like idiots with YouTube channels like picking it apart, you know, whatever. <laughs> like I don't, this, like this is why I don't do movie review stuff because it's like, I don't know, Star Wars is stupid, but Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader's story is really, you know, that's something that when you see when you're, when you're six or whatever, however old I was when I figured out what was going on, like, that's just a, a weird thing. And then, um, yeah, so whatever. Like, Star Wars is awesome. I don't really care if it's a good movie. But Rogue One's really cool. I wanted to mention that because I've watched that a few times now. And I really like it more and more every time I watch it. I really love that movie. But my favorite movie from 2016 is a movie called Lion. I think it won the Academy Award or something or was nominated. Um, wow. This is, a this is like, you know, get the Kleenex out if you watch this movie. Like... 
it is it's amazing it's a true story and it's about uh, you know uh, an, a guy a boy in India who gets lost separated from his family and just is like I uh, gets stuck on a train and then he gets taken he doesn't know where because he falls asleep and uh, he reunites with them later but he's like an adult and stuff and the whole journey of that is unbelievable movie like it is just it's just everybody's a good actor in the movie the story's good it just has you going i mean it's brutal i'm gonna tell you that it's not like an easy watch you may not want to watch it with your kids you might want to watch it with your kids like it might be all right you know it's up to your up to you but to me this it's a definitely a profound 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 movie and um you know a lot of times uh, I'll mention a couple other kind of like probably Oscar winning Golden Globe nominee stuff. A lot of times those movies for me, like I just know I go, ooh, that one's gonna make me mad because <laughs> I don't want to watch it. You know, like Schindler's List is the example I always use when I tell people. It's like Schindler's List is a great movie, but like I don't want to go in and be like so pissed off at the entire universe when I walk out of a movie. Like I get it. Like I know. You know, like Dallas Buyers Club is one where you can walk out and you're just like, man, I just want to mess somebody up, you know, after watching this because it's so wrong what happens to people. Um, and Lion has a lot of that stuff in it. Um, but yes, well, you're probably not going to see too much of that. So I know, like, if you're if you're a movie uh, buff, you know, like that's your that's your thing. You know, you're like, what? You know, how could you have Mad Max or Interstellar when there's like, you know, these four other movies that are just, you know, these. Uh, you know, they're more like Oscar-winning caliber movies. It's like, because I know, like, I watch them, I'm like, oh my God, that's just going to piss me off. So I don't watch it. Um, so that's that. So that's 2016, Lion. 2017, this has a lot of good movies. The Last War for the Planet of the Apes was then. Uh, and now I haven't seen three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Again, for the reasons I kind of just talked about, because <laughs> I think I'm going to be mad when I watch it. But that's one that looks really cool, and I love... Um, um, Frances McDormand, she's really good. I love, I mean, Fargo is like, whew, that's a, she's, she's not, you know, she's unbelievable in that movie. Um, so she's really good. And so I, I want to see that. I have a plan to see that. But you also have like Wonder Woman come out, which I think is excellent, honestly. I don't really like the end of Wonder Woman with the fight. Like, I kind of do though. Like, it's all right. I don't know, the villain bugs me a little, but I really like this is a little, that's a little nitpick, but the rest of the movie is like amazing. And Logan was that year. So kind of the dorky stuff is, is cool. Um, now for me, this is a split almost between Blade Runner 2049 and Dunkirk. And I, I don't know, like I got a lean Blade Runner, but Dunkirk is also like, whew, amazing. I haven't seen 1917 yet this year. Although it's 2020, I mean, it's not even out. It's a 2019 movie, I guess, but it hasn't really been out. Um, so I'm excited to see 1917 too, but Dunkirk is is a phenomenal movie. Uh, Blade Runner 2049 though, I gotta lean there because it actually, to me, fixes the original Blade Runner because I'd watched it a few times in high school and college and I was like, yeah, this is really cool. And then before the new one came out, I watched the the old one again, I'm like, this is not as good as I remember it being. And uh, there's some weird scenes in it. And then when I watched 2049, it kind of fixed some of those scenes. Like the Harrison Ford character, um, Deckard, he does some weird stuff in the original. I'm like, that's sort of creepy, dude. Or that's sort of like, doesn't make, doesn't feel real to me even, you know? you 
I don't like to say like, oh, it was the 80s. You know, I'm like, no, it just doesn't feel right. <laughs> Sorry. And then, um, but because they kind of answer some questions and stuff like that, I'm like, well, maybe he was weird because X, Y, Z. Don't want to spoil too much, but like, eh, okay, I can deal with that. Put that aside. Then the new one's really good because I like the movies that are sort of, um, let's look at humanity through an inhuman uh, approach. So if you think of like District 9 or, um, uh, you know, Blade Runner, Blade Runner 2049, I'm thinking of another movie, um, you know, like a movie like AI with Will Smith, that's not a good one, but, you know, where you look at humanity through the, the lens of something that is not necessarily a human being, but what does it mean to be alive and that kind of stuff. So I think when I was a kid, I saw Short Circuit where the robot like comes alive because it gets hit by lightning. Uh, and I love that movie when I was a kid because the robot was like, the robot's alive, dude, leave it alone. Like, let it go live its life. You know, like, I like that kind of thing. And the Blade Runner movies are kind of like that where it's like they have these replicants which are clones. So shouldn't you treat a clone like it was alive? And I can think of the movie Moon, uh, which maybe should be on the side. I don't remember when that came out, actually. Might have been before 2010. Uh, Moon is a great movie. I, although I've only seen it once, I don't know that I would go watch it again because it's kind of slow, right? But it's still good, like, don't get me wrong. Um, but Moon's like that too. So it's like, you know, clones, or does a clone a human being? Well, like, shouldn't you treat it like a human being? So the, the Blade Runner stuff kind of skirts around that with some action and stuff and, and some, you know, some weird sci-fi, uh, cyberpunk, uh, neuromancer vibe stuff, you know, but I, I really like it for that. And, and the, like, again, this, with the music on this one, it's like, really, I can just like turn on the movie and listen to the movie instead of watch it too. Uh, again with the music, but yeah, so that's 2017. So 2018, uh, I may have to like disable comments. <laughs> um, my favorite movie is black Klansman. Um, that movie's amazing. I love how it ends. I love everything about it. I love all the actors, all the actors, even the guy, who's the guy from the, that 70s show that plays David Duke. <laughs> like, he's even great in it. And, uh, it's really good. Really, really, really good. So uh, do the right thing is maybe my favorite movie of all time. It's probably up there with Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, so I do like a Spike Lee movie. I do like Malcolm X. I do like, um, what's some other movies he did? Yeah. Malcolm X do the right thing. And this one are really good. Now, um, I also really like Green Book, and I know, like, like Green Book is like the Hollywood, you know, cheeky, cheesy, you know, feel-good story kind of thing. Um, I don't know. I love the movie. I think every, all the characters in that were likable, and I, I loved every character in the movie. And so I was glad at the end everything worked out, and they were kind of able to help each other. Now, I do like Black Klansman better. Because, and I, it's weird. I feel weird saying this because I know Spike Lee, who made Black Klansman, kind of hates Green Book. <laughs> but you know, whatever. Uh, they're both freaking good movies. So whatever. I'm trying not to curse. <laughs> but yeah, you know, friggin' A. They're both good. Deal with it. <laughs> and uh, Black Klansman is just great. I mean, it's great. They're great movies all up and down. This is why I don't like these Oscar movies. It's too. This, I don't care. I'm gonna watch the movie and I'm gonna forget it and turn the channel and not give a shit. And that's it. So 2018 is good. 2019, is, this is why I don't do this as a, as a, as a hobby channel because I cannot talk about movies. Uh, 2019, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is the pick. 
Now, there's a, obviously a few that I haven't seen. I haven't seen 1917. I haven't seen, I, I kind of want to see Marriage Story because that looks amazing, but it also looks like something again. I'm like, ooh, that's just going to like rip me up. I know when I watch it, I actually stumbled upon a YouTube video of a scene with Scarlett Johansson and uh, Adam Driver. And it was the married couple getting a divorce in the story. I was like, oh, I don't really plan on seeing this because I don't want to be all ripped up inside. And I watched it and it was like four minutes long. And I'm like, oh my God, like these are two really good actors, but I'm not sure I want to see this and sit through two hours of this. Um, but that looks good. Um, and Joker's good. I like Joker. I know that people seem kind of split on that. It's fine. It's good. The, the, and I don't want to bag. There's something that really bothers me about Joker, but whatever. I don't want to talk about that. Um, the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I've seen it twice. Now, the first time I watched it, I was like, what happened? Because uh, I'm going to spoil this now. Because it's basically like the... It's not about this, but it kind of is. The very, very high-level broad strokes is... It's the Charles Manson, you know, murders. Um, but then it's, 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 it's an alternate reality, Charles Manson murder, because these two fictional characters kind of stop it. And it just goes a different way. The, the, the murders never happen. Um, the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, he did the same thing he did in a Twin Tarantino, the same thing he did in Glorious Bastards, where, you know, you're going along and then, oh, they fry all the Nazis and there's this weird Hollywood thing, you know, that sort of subtext to the end of that movie. I'm like, oh, he just did the same thing. I'm like, eh, you know, but I did enjoy it. Like, there's a lot of really weird, funny, interesting scenes. And then, so I watched it again as it came out on uh, streaming and DVD and whatever. Um, I watched it again and because I, I knew there was like something that like I couldn't shake about it. And so the end of the movie where like Rick Dalton is walking up the driveway of, uh, um, what's the guy's name? Uh, Norman Polanski's house or whatever. And uh, I'm forgetting Margot Robbie's character's name. Oh my God, I don't even think they, do they say her name in the movie? Maybe they do. But she does not get killed like she did in real life. And you know, he's like, he's making friends with them and maybe he's, that's gonna help his career and stuff like that at the end of the movie. But if you've not seen the movie, it's not making any sense, but if you go see it and then come back. <laughs> but there's a certain, like there's a level of, uh, of, of sadness at the end of that movie. And, and, and almost like a, a little kernel, there's a small little glowing kernel of happiness as well, because it's like, oh, these two guys saved the day. Um, you know, they, they prevented the murders. The murderers, they came up and they went to their house instead because he was there. And then, you know, the tough guys or whatever, they, they, they end up uh, killing them, the murderers. And so everything was fine. And so to me, there's like this, and this is me totally reading into it, but it's almost like this, like, hey, what if this hadn't have happened? Because it was such, again, back to like the 9-11 thing, the Charles Manson murders were a psychological like thing. And that happened before I was born, but you know, you still like, it's almost like a mystique and a mystery around everything that happened um, with those murders and stuff. And people were so shocked. And of course it happened in LA and Hollywood. So obviously the people around there are gonna be able to tell stories. And it's just that, you know, it's that market of areas because stuff like that happens like all the time, like in not Hollywood places, not all the time, but I mean, you know, it happens and it's just, it doesn't like have the same ramifications on people that are far away from it, right? Like this did. And so to me, it's almost like this, 
it feels like the Twilight Zone. That's I was trying to explain it to a friend of mine before I did this video, and I was like, it's the Twilight Zone, but the viewer is the one in the Twilight Zone because in our world, this stuff actually did happen. Like those murders happened, that affected everybody, uh, that affected all of the the movie makers and the Hollywood people, and so. If you look at the kind of movies and stuff that came out in the 70s, they were very violent and stuff like that. I mean, I don't know, you can't really make a correlation. It probably has a little bit to do with it, you know, because the 70s were what the 70s were. I don't know. I was a little baby in the 70s and a toddler. And, um, but it feels like that, that effect of those murders, the psychological trauma of that sort of permeated Hollywood in a way. And that's what the movie's trying to posit. You know, it's just, it's not saying, it doesn't show us any definitive proof, but it's just saying, hey, what if it did? And then this is, this is kind of a, my thought of that, when, you know, the scriptwriter's thought. And to me, it was like, wow, there's this, this, there's this, that pregnant, like, ulcerous sadness there at the end of that movie, which was just very, very, like, affected me a lot. Not really emotionally, I mean, emotionally too, but like, intellectually, I was like, man, like, this violence is just, it, the birth of it, what if it didn't happen? You know, like what if those people did not get killed? And I was like, damn it, you know? It makes you think about violence, not just like violence in movies and video games and all this stuff, but like violence and how it affects people and how it affected me. And I'm like, God, violence does affect you. Like it desensitizes you and all this stuff. And then he is able to do that through the movie of like, look, look at the, look how violence hurts you. And like, look how violence does to you. But he does it and he shows a bunch of violence on the screen. And he's like, there's like nothing you can do about it. It's like, oh, movies, violent movies cause people to act a certain way. Like, well, okay, but the world's also violent. Like, does the Iraq war not cause people to act a certain way? Does not having your building blown up across the street act in a certain way? And all this kind of stuff. So, yeah, it just, and it does all that without like beating you over the head with it, which is what I like, which is what I don't like about the Joker because it beats you over the head with a couple things. And I'm like, don't hit me over the head. I know, I'm watching, I'm sitting here, I'm paying attention, don't hit me over the head. <laughs> Once upon a time in Hollywood, doesn't necessarily, it kind of hits you over the head. It's gonna hit you over the head a little bit. Anyway, so that's my that's my top movies of the decade. Uh, so that's what, I, so I get asked a lot, you know, pop culture, we do a video once in a while on this. And so this is the one I'm gonna do about these movies. So anyway, uh, enjoy it. Please be nice in the comments. They're just movies I don't really care. <laughs> like how much, you know, like, you know, tell me I'm right or wrong. Share some movies that you like to recommend some movies that I can watch. Great. That's awesome. I love and appreciate that. Okay. Thanks.